Warning! The episode you are about to listen to most likely contains graphic language, details of violence and murder, and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, everybody? Hello again. Welcome to episode 18 of Murder With My Mother, the true crime podcast where I talk murder with this lady that's sitting beside me who also gave birth to me. Hi, mommy. Hi, I'm the mother half, Christy. That's <laughs> <laughs> for the first time listeners, I guess. So yeah, Danica and Christy, if you guys are first time listeners... Uh, if you are, go back to the episode right before this, number 17, and listen to part one, because this is the second part of the story of the murder of Travis Alexander that was committed by his crazy psycho stalker ex-girlfriend, Jody Arias. And yeah, so we are going to get to that story. Um, how you doing, Mom? I'm good. Um, things are still a little weird. We are still under some... Lockdown stuff, not really lockdown, but still can't go to restaurants and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm good. Just yeah. continuing on, continuing on. How are you? Good. I'm totally in my uh, health zone right now, right? Is we are considered the same health thing, right? Uh, yeah, I think they ended up just making it the whole lower mainland because they didn't Which doesn't wanna... make sense because I thought it was to stop transmission. And like, if you look at like Fraser Health was like way more cases in like Vancouver Coastal Health. So well, I don't think sense? they I don't think they wanted to Hunger Games all over <gasps> districts. Yeah, true, true. And like to have checkpoints like set up at random places on the highways and stuff was just too fucking weird. So they just said anything west of Hope is one area. Okay. Except for the island, like any, basically anytime you are going on a ferry or going over a mountain or like recreational travel, it's yeah. like not out of your zone kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the weird thing is, is we're going to look back on this one day, hopefully, Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we can see the people that we love that live on the island and in the Okanagan again one day, which is like our whole family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I shouldn't have moved here by myself in 1999 and came to this zone well you technically you weren't by yourself you were two children so yeah well one was in the oven but yeah it's just very strange I mean my mom has planned a Christmas for us and we thought we would have celebrated it already um because last Christmas we couldn't get together and she's getting frustrated and wants to send all the presents right now and I'm like just hold on a little longer mama at least when you get your vaccination we won't kill you when we Yeah, you'll be safe and yeah. then we won't have to worry and stress. Yeah, so I'm doing pretty good just trying not to really concentrate on like the negative parts of it and we don't really have a choice right now, so good. Yeah, that's all you can do, right? Just be positive, just worry about things that you can actually you know, do something about, which... Yeah. Eat, yeah. sleep, repeat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Eat, sleep, work, repeat. Perfect. Yeah, sounds like a recipe for fun. <laughs> At least we have our little passion project, our podcast, exactly. and we get to hang out together every couple weeks and just focus on bringing you guys some cool facts and some stuff about murder. Yeah. You're pulling me through this, Mom, with, our, with our murder talk. <laughs> well, with that, we will get right into the second part of the story of the murder of Travis Alexander. It's a good one. Bye, guys. Or not bye, but, you know, <laughs> just hang on. Oh, my God. Okay, that's one. 
crazy so right off the bat the friends but yeah right away the friends are like he's dead and there's been a girl stalking him named jody who's crazy yeah so clearly again nobody here is surprised no and when you are murdered or when something happens to you that's suspicious they automatically look at your partner regardless if they're stalking you or not even like the most on the outside the most loving caring partner they still are going to try to rule out as a suspect, right? Yeah, because the people closest to us usually have the most emotion and crimes of passion. They can tell right away when it's... Well, and if any crime ever that I've ever heard of is a crime of passion, this... Like, he was stabbed over 20 times, he was shot in the head, and he was almost decapitated with having his his throat slashed. That's a crime of passion right there. Yeah, it's extremely a crime of passion. Extreme passion. So she's Latin, isn't she? Yeah. 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 Well, she is. Latin fire, I guess. Mom, you got a dog. A big dog, too. I do. He's pretty big. He's over 100 pounds. You ever take him anywhere and get, like, super stinky and, like... (laughs) Every single at least second day. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not alone that my dog likes to roll in the stinkiest stuff at the park. So for those long, stinky car rides home... I just started using First Sense Dog Dry Shampoo. I also started using it and it's awesome. It's a lifesaver. So it is. First Sense. They're on Instagram, Facebook, and go to www.firstsense.ca. First Sense, say goodbye to those stinky car rides home. So the Maricopa County medical examiner named Dr. Kevin Horn, he testified that Travis's jugular vein, jugular vein, his common carotid artery and his windpipe had all been slashed. So that's a lot of force. Yeah, a lot of force. And so I think off the bat, it was probably hard to believe that it could have been this small, skinny little woman because that's a lot. Well, and apparently the first blow they think that would have killed him was a stab to his heart and then there was evidence that he had been drugged down a hallway because there was blood everywhere and there was a bloody palm print on the wall that they ended up taking the whole wall a piece of the wall out i saw it on a tv show and it was jody arias's actual palm print on the wall like in his blood right yeah, yeah both of their blood was on it but the fact that this little tiny woman could carry drag someone that was dead down a hallway or dying is superhuman like, yeah that's crazy well he did have defensive wounds but 
again, if she stabbed him right in the heart pretty quickly, then he yeah. wouldn't have been able to defend himself for very long before he bled out and died. And it probably would be much easier to continue to stab someone if they were dead. And then I just, you have to be so fucking mad at somebody to shoot them in the head and then slash their throat. Like, you know, you'd think after the 27, 28, 29, whatever, there's different reports on how many times, but over it was 20, over 20 yeah. and over 20 is more th- God, more than enough. I just you know? can't even, like, you know, when you get mad about something and you're, like, acting out and you're, you know, like, hitting something or whatever. Yeah, it's like whatever. usually five or six yeah. hits, you're kind of like, oh, I should fucking chill out. <laughs> yeah. But clearly she And, like, I mean, not even hitting a person, but, like, when you're even stomping your feet. Imagine even stomping your feet even yelling. over 20 times. Even yeah. yelling. Even, even yelling, yelling too loud. I'm like, oh, shit, right after, you know, like, yeah. fuck. And then it's like, you know, that that takes a lot of energy. Yeah, so you got to be severely fucking in a different space to be doing that Oh, God. Stuff. Well, so this was on May, uh, June 10th, right, that they found him and that all that happened, June 9th, June 10th, right? Yeah, that and the last time anyone had heard from him was June the 4th. Yeah. and So, so it was five days. Yeah, which, again, if he's a very social person, he missed that meeting, you know. I think, like, it was a bunch of young people living in his house. He had roommates living in his house with him. But when the girl that he was supposed to take to Mexico called because she hadn't heard from him and they were supposed to be getting ready to go on a work trip together, Mm -hmm. his friend was like, no, man, he's in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, yeah, like I guess just had know. gotten the dates wrong. Yeah. And and when you don't see someone for that you're used to seeing regularly, which is very out of character, you would assume, oh, he probably already went to Mexico because that's really out of character. Yeah. And, and he, he hasn't think, been home. And I think he was, like, talking up the trip because he was excited to go and the roommate just didn't pay attention to what date it was. And he was supposed to leave after that. So he was dead in his bedroom for five days. Mm-hmm. And there was even a smell, like, as soon as they, obviously, he was decomposing. Again, though, it's like, would you assume that that's the smell you're smelling? Or when you live in a house with a bunch of fucking young people that they probably left some gross shit out that's rotting and guys are just probably like, whatever, like, stinks, garbage stinks, or whatever, (laughs) you know? And obviously, as as an investigator, you're going to get to the scene and know that smell. But if you haven't smelt that smell before, I don't think it's a smell that you're like, oh, my roommate's probably just dead in his bedroom, you know? Like, what the fuck? Well, do you guys remember the time that I told you there was a dead body in my apartment hallway? You said, I smell something, like, dead. Something dead. I said, there's a dead body in one of these apartments. And I was living in an apartment with my teenage son at the time. And I said it for days. And everyone was like, yeah, right, mom. Like, ha-ha. Mom's so crazy. Until Alex called you and was like, the coroner's in the hallway. Yeah, until, Mom, can you come home? The hallway's full of cops. And it was. It was a poor, unfortunate man had expired in his apartment. And I knew what that smell was. Like, I knew what that smell was because I'd smelled it before. That's so sad because that's really common, you know? Yeah, it is common. But it's not common for someone to stab their boyfriend over 20 times slit their throat and shoot them in the head no but i mean okay obviously i don't mean like good thing you shot she shot him but what happened was it's a good thing that she went so overboard because that was just putting more evidence out for them to have to link this to her right yeah they said they had more evidence in this case than they've pretty much ever it was overwhelming yeah. yeah so what actually happened was call this a coincidence but on the 28th of may so when Jody stopped being a stalker in Arizona and decided she was going to move back to California because she was 
you know, everything with her grandparents. Yeah. She wasn't able to really work there. Nothing was really going for her. And obviously Travis caught her sneaking in through the doggy door a couple times or whatever. And that just wasn't healthy. And she probably realized like, what the fuck am I doing? And I need to get out of here. Yeah. But on the 28th of May. So what, what is that? Two weeks, two weeks before his murder. Yeah. Not even, not even right. She seven days. Yeah. Her the house of her grandparents that she was living in was actually robbed and a twenty five caliber gun was stolen. So that's one of the objects that was taken. So obviously, I mean, they're in a totally different state. So normally you wouldn't put those two together. But when your when your ex-boyfriend is murdered and one of the murder wounds is a twenty five caliber gunshot to the head, to the face. Yeah then yeah, you're probably going to be looked at as like suspect number one. So. Everybody right away, all of the friend group and everyone that had had any experience being around the couple immediately started saying her name like you heard on the phone call. Yeah, nobody was like... Like no one said anyone else or oh my God. Yeah, it was all every single person said. Jody did it. And again, you're always going to be looked at as the first suspect, but if you're stalking them, aggressively stalking them and have a history of being aggressive with that, like, I mean, I don't think that anyone else would be on the suspect list. So one of Travis's friends once again reiterated to go talk to Jody, and she was living in California. So the police went and went to California, to, to Wairika, California, and interviewed Jody. And she, of course, was denying that she had anything to do with it. They asked her if she was there. She said no, she hadn't been there. She hasn't seen him. For... She called him. She left messages. Yeah. So she said that she had talked, like, she hadn't talked to him. And she... She was on a road trip to LA and then she went to Utah. She didn't go anywhere near Arizona. And in her interview too, you see the interrogation, sorry, not the interview because there's other interviews we'll cover that she did, Yeah. but this one was the interrogation and you can see she's, it's just strange behavior. She's in there for a long time, obviously like they kind of like to make you sweat it out. And then she does stuff like she's like singing and she gets up on a, on a handstand up on the wall <laughs> and like, she can't sit still. She has her legs under her. She's very... Honestly, I'll give her... Usually, people are not that good at actresses. You know, you can kind of usually tell. She, like, she is cool as a cucumber. Like, calm, cool, and collected. Well, and at this point, when they went to interview her, they had all this evidence. They had the photographs of her and Travis that they had found the SD card in the washing machine. And they had photographs of them naked like minutes before he was murdered and then pictures of him murdered the camera accidentally kept taking pictures of him after he was murdered and so the pictures that were before that on the camera roll were nude pictures of her staged nude pictures of him staged and this is all uh time stamped yeah and dated because remember those good old when you brought your because i used to bring my my camera to parties like around my wrist and taking you can see on the you know that's like that bright neon green color yeah. like time stamp with a date like it's you right there you're supposed to be in your bedroom sleeping no. at good times. good times good times and so jody was saying well what do you mean of course i wasn't there are you sure it was me yeah because days after she, he died she put up this big 
thing on like MySpace and Facebook, like basically pretty much like a dear Travis, like I, I'm so sorry, I can't believe this has happened to you and just all this stuff. And then she took it down a couple days later because I don't know, obviously, I mean, well, as she, everybody's thinking you murdered him. She's all over the place, but she was in denial. And then she finally admitted after she said she wasn't there and then she was faced with all the evidence that she had actually been there but that two people dressed as ninjas basically dressed up a man yeah. and oh, a in woman masks. a man and a woman in masks broke in first of all she was invited to travis's house that's what yeah. she said she was invited there by him and then all of a sudden two people broke in and she said like i feel like shit because i left my friend there just to be taken by these like yahoos basically and it's i like, fought them off and they killed him and then they put a gun to my head but then they decided to let me go and i just left and the police are like well why would they kill him and just let you leave like that never happened mormon salesman that yeah. just is like you know has no problems with anybody else but they're gonna believe that he probably got two masked intruders to come in and that's who murdered him. She said, clearly they were after him. They just let me leave. <laughs> but then the weirdest part about that whole thing is that she went to drive all the way to Utah after that to see a guy with the same MLM company that was a rising star also that she was just starting to date and went and saw him for 24 hours and they made out yeah she made out with them so and... hindsight <laughs> yeah like... for that guy because <laughs> i just can't you yeah. just murder someone so brutally someone that you've been stalking so aggressively you murder them and then you're like la 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 going to utah and just like to... yeah you imagine that guy who she went to visit afterwards saying like oh yeah we made out she was kissing my neck she was really into it like, that is fucked up. Yeah, and also a couple days before that, so before she even went, like, this is how premeditated it is. She repeatedly contacted her ex-boyfriend, tried to contact her ex-boyfriend, and she kept asking him if she could borrow, like, jerry cans to go on a trip, and she was going to Arizona, she told him. So she never gave him those cans back. <laughs> and she actually even, there's, um, in Salinas, she went to one of the Walmarts and bought another jerry can, so, I mean, okay, if you're telling somebody you're going to Arizona and you're having all these gas cans. And she rented a car. They asked her if she wanted this cool red car. And she said, no, I just want something like a little bit more nondescript. And she rented a car. Yeah, on June and, 2nd. And then got a bunch of gas cans so that she wouldn't have to stop and they wouldn't know she was in Arizona. She filled up all of the gas cans. They have video of her doing so. Mm -hmm. Well, and then when she returned the car, there was what looked like red Kool-Aid is what the people at the, the rental car place thought. Because again, who the fuck is thinking this bitch just went and viciously murdered somebody? <laughs> With and her gas is, can. Yeah, and this is blood. And the gas cans, I mean, I'll give it to her because she did really think this through. But she didn't at the same time, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I feel like she thought she thought it through and then she just lost control because... Yeah, like, I can't yeah. imagine there's more evidence than there's ever been in a crime scene ever, and you actually premeditatedly bought gas cans, rented a car, did all this other stuff, but you, yeah, you just fucked it up. Well, because, okay, she bought things on her MasterCard, and then at the same time she used cash for other things in the same transaction, so she was trying to be 
sneaky. You see that sometimes where if you use cash and make sure that your, you know, your face isn't seen, that's kind of what people do in, you know, the typical person that probably knows how to commit crime. This, she seems like she just, she was careful, but then like when it, when it mattered, she wasn't like where it mattered. You know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> she was indicted on her birthday. Yeah. Funnily on her enough. birthday. I know. Well, even after she, he died, she was like calling him and like because there's no way the the way if you listen to let's play it i know leslie called you so i already talked to her so uh you can call her back if you want but it's not necessary um my phone died so i wasn't getting back to anybody um and what else oh and i drove 100 miles in the wrong direction over 100 miles thank you very much so yeah remember new mexico <clears throat> was a lot like that only you weren't here to prevent me from going into the three digits so fun fun messages that she left on his machine after she killed him hours after yeah but again there you can see her trying to build that that case for herself like because really if i heard that and i had no idea i would really think that she's gonna go see othello with him on july 1st or whatever she said in the message like that she's really that she really has no idea that he's dead which really i mean obviously if you're gonna fight for anybody and probably tell the truth for your own fucking life yeah okay she's really trying to build an alibi she's probably got so much fucking adrenaline like pumping through her body she just again when you talk about killing somebody it's not like she like ran them over with her car or something like that she had enough adrenaline to drag a full-grown man down the hallway and you know that there was actually pictures of her you know how they took the naked photo shoot and then it was like the pictures of travis it's a very creepy photo it's like him looking right into the camera with like water running down and like he's looking right into the camera almost like scared like he looks afraid like he knows what's gonna happen he probably did clue in by that she probably took the pictures as she was like gonna like with the the knife knife and everything you know so obviously we'll never know because the pictures say enough though to me but it seems that it was like the picture the last picture she took it looks like her foot standing beside his body so it's like the camera because it dropped it can you think a photographer would know to fucking turn the camera off for fuck's sakes yeah but and how creepy is that that she's a photographer and that is you know she chose to use him as like the last muse or so you know like ooh, so twisted the whole thing is super fucking twisted, twisted. So she was arrested on her birthday. So she was arrested on July 9th. And so the grand jury indicts her on first degree murder. So July 15th, she was arrested at her grandparents' home. And she maintained that she wasn't involved in Travis's murder. She told the detective that she doesn't even hurt spiders. So (laughs) Uh, she was then extradited to Arizona. And uh, she was assigned a public defender to represent her. And then she pled not guilty a couple days after that. On In September of 2008, she was interviewed by Inside Edition. And she said that that's when she came up with the story that two masked intruders, a woman and a man, these ninja-like killers, broke in and attacked her and Travis. 
And she went on and on in that. I watched that interview and she was like, I have nobody else. God knows what happened. God knows I didn't do it. Travis knows what happened. Yeah. Travis like, fucking knows what happened. Travis knows the deal, man. Fuck. So she went on and on and on. Like, I'm innocent and... You can mark my words. The jury will not find me guilty because I don't I have to not even do worry this. about it. And the thing is, too, is that this created a lot of sensationalism because it had all of the good things in a drama-filled story. There was, you know, two really attractive young people, passion, religion, murder. Sex. A lot sex. of sex. Yeah, That's what it was, too. Sex. It's because that, it's, that re- it's that religion and that sex mixed, right? Because, again, you have, you have to think in the courtroom, you have all of Travis's family... And then you have all of Jody's family there and people that are their reporters. And the reporters have never seen anything like this. This case is so yeah. sexualized. And it was very groundbreaking, too. It was. And because especially the, the kind of evidence that they had against her was crazy. But then you see that, okay, nobody was expecting this. Jody gets up as a witness. So everybody, like all the reporters oh are God, like, Oh my God, I'm on yeah. the edge of my seat still right now oh my about God. it. Well, and you can see like Jane Vasquez, who's what is she yeah. from from 2020 yeah. or something, you know cnn she is like oh my god like we were all like riveted and they're sitting in the courtroom and they're listening to her say things like obviously okay she had that first story right where the masked intruders first she not, didn't know anything what yeah. oh my god he's dead oh my god then masked intruders and then it was self-defense so and that was like four years later mm-hmm. Like, she sat and stewed on what her best defense would be with the best defense lawyers. And four years later, no one expected her to come out with a self-defense. And because now she's completely admitting that she did it. Yeah. and that, But it's like she never really gave an explanation, like, what's up with the overkill? He was attacking you or whatever he said, you know, she said is she was defending herself. But... Well, she went, Travis was a Mormon and he wasn't supposed to have sex before marriage. And like I said to you before, there were rumors that he would only have pre-brutal anal sex sex and he wasn't supposed to do any of this stuff. And he was brutalizing her in a lot of ways. I mean, she went along with it because I think she wanted to be loved so bad and they were so psycho together. But when you hear some of the things that they did... You know, it could be misconstrued as him having a lot of power over her. Well, the ways, even the professionals that were there that have analyzed this say, like, there was a lot of emotional abuse. There was a lot, on his part, there was a lot of, you can, okay, so in the court, they play this sexual recording that she had, which again, maybe points to premeditation, because why is she recording in the first place? Maybe that's what gets her rocks off. I don't fucking know. Maybe she wanted to listen to it, you know, whatever. I mean... My opinion is it was premeditatedly recorded, but it says, like, he says, like, I'm going to tie you to a tree and I'm going to fuck you in your ass. Like, really, you could just hear and just say it normal. And she's like, ah, you're so bad. Like, I love it. Like, and so really she was into it. But again, there's that line of, was she into it because this is a battered woman and she's just going along with, with her abuser. That's how she was trying to spin it. Right. She also said on the stand that he one time she walked in on him masturbating to child pornography of young boys so now she's completely i mean she keeps saying that she doesn't want to paint a bad picture of travis because she doesn't want to hurt the family and stuff 
But also, I think that maybe this was the defense tactic to try to villainize him to make it look like she was the victim. But Of course. And, I mean, we don't know for sure because we weren't there if he was doing that or not. But they're just trying to create a reason that would explain what she did and some reasonable doubt that, you know, led others to believe that she was actually criminally insane at the time that she did that. Yeah. Which wouldn't be a far stretch because of the overkill. Well, yeah. And no sane person does that. Does that such a, to a premeditated level and then to such a overkill of, like, it's crazy. Like, you hear about the more passion, the more... But it's like, what the fuck? Like, like again, you don't think you stop after the 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, you know? <laughs> and like, I can't even imagine, like, how taxing that would be on your body i mean the fact that you're stabbing through someone that many times and you have to take the knife out each time and i mean that's a lot yeah so she took the witness stand for 18 days and everyone was just it was all televised and everybody was just like glued to their tvs i can totally remember i think i was at the gym watching or something like it was crazy especially because it took so long so it was like okay it happened in 2008 and then by the time 2000, what was this, 2013? It was 2013, February, when she was on the witness stand. So it was a long time after. And other experts came forward also. A defense expert testified that she suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder and amnesia, explaining why she couldn't recall much from that day. Uh, prosecutor... Which I totally do believe because, if I mean, even if you went there with the intent <laughs> yeah. to do that... After you do it, it's probably a whole other story of how you're feeling, right? Totally. That's like you can't prepare. It's one thing if you're a serial killer and that's something that you, you like to off, do yeah. and that you get off on that and you have a victim and whatever a victim type and all that, but a killer like this where it's someone that you've loved and you've been in a relationship with and at one time you were obsessed with and stalking and like Well, and she told everyone she was going to marry him and have his baby. She got fucking and... baptized to be a Mormon. Like yeah. she was like the most sex she's like so sexual and that's so opposite of her personality type that yeah. she just, you know, they were they dated for 5 months. <laughs> that's a crazy part. That's what I mean. It's like okay, I've been a little crazy with some boyfriends that I've had, but it was like multiple with my first boyfriend and like you know, heartbreaking and, you know, but I didn't fucking stab him 30 times or, no. or cut his, almost cut his head off and then shoot him in the face. Like that's. And then drag him down the hallway. And then, yeah. <laughs> so, and then drive to Utah and laugh. make out with a dude. I know. That's just, like, it's just, I know you're not laughing because it's funny. You're laughing because it's so hard to wrap your head around. It is that, totally. That it's like, what the fuck? Like, holy fuck, you know? Yeah, so another defense witness told jurors that she was abused by Alexander and suffered from battered woman syndrome. Um, there was a paper brought forward by a psychotherapist that sparks a debate between her and Martinez over whether Snow White was an abused woman. So they kind of went off on a lot of tangents with that. And a prosecution expert maintained that she had borderline personality disorder. Which, boom, I nailed it because yeah. that for sure, 100%, just trying to make everything about you and how it's affecting you and then uh, for her to just play everybody so easily and without well, thought. And she was giving interviews to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Like, she was in the in the jail, like... Totally, it was totally indicative of borderline personality disorder because she was, yeah, like giving interviews to all of the, all of the like national news shows and yeah. stuff. Well, she knew that it was like a sensational case and she was being sensationalized. 
Well, I forgot to say this earlier, but the very first day that they went to her house to question her, the first thing she said to the police, she was not surprised she was getting arrested. The first thing she said to the police was, can I just put my makeup on quickly? Because she knew she was going to have mugshots taken and she knew she was going to be on the news and all of that stuff. That's she was, crazy. Like, that was her thought. first thing. That's what I mean. That's crazy that the first thing you can think of yeah. is that. Not at least sell it. Like, what do you mean? I'm getting arrested. What? Like, freak yeah. out. Like, if you're, you know, but just, can I do my makeup quickly? <laughs> and she looks really creepy in her mugshot, too, because she's kind of, well, like, she had smiling. no makeup on. And, no, I mean, because <laughs> I she know, was, I'm just kidding. Oh. I was like, no. Because she even, like, she's smiling in it. Yeah, like. like like, she's worried about how she looks. your grad photo. And when she was arrested, she actually had different color hair than she used to have. Because remember? She yeah, had she, was she used blonde. to have blonde hair. And she went from, like, this vix, sexual vixen to, like, this, like, mousy. Yes. You know. Glasses. Spectacle. Yeah. Like, like, librarian. Yeah. Right? So, after she made this big spectacle and it was like the second of may so there was a long trial i mean it was a lot to cover so you get that all the time when you have those pretty in-depth cases and there's so much evidence to go over and probably so many tests so much testimony and so many witnesses and i mean really if you think about it there's probably everybody that could attest to all his friends she's been stalked she's but there's that guy that she made out with in utah after yeah she did that there's probably her family i mean i don't know if her family were witnesses but you know, it's probably a lot to go with everything and going through. She testified alone for 18 days. So imagine everybody else. I can't even imagine. So no. the closing arguments began on May the 2nd. Uh, prosecutors described her as a manipulative liar who had meticulously planned the savage attack. And then her defense the next day had closing arguments that pretty much said that it was an impartial case view of the case and that his client even if they didn't like her they needed to find like her guilt not guilty because it was a self-defense case basically she had no choice but to kill her abuser yeah oh one juror was actually even dismissed because they made statements that showed a bias but because of this time like the tabloids it was so sensationalized yeah because she's given interviews to every single person yeah and so even after that, two more juries were even, two more jurors were let go. So that's three. Three. So you don't hear, just this case has so many things that have never really happened before because it was such a spectacle. It was like so crazy. Everyone was so wrapped up in it. It was so, it was so fiery and great. Like, you know, to even believe that someone could to do that to another human, let alone then be like, I didn't do it. Or, I can't I even didn't. kill a spider. And then, oh, I did it. But yeah. I so the the trial wrapped up, closing arguments wrapped up on May the 3rd, and the jury deliberated until May the 8th, um, and it was scheduled to be announced at 1.30 p.m. So they found her guilty on, so on first-degree murder. So jurors took less than an, uh, three hours to determine that Arias should be eligible for the death penalty. So now it's pretty much a... The penalty phase. The penalty phase where they have to see if they agree with her having the death penalty so during that prosecutors will call like alexander um, travis's family and other witnesses and pretty much in an effort to convince you know to convince these people the panel that that arias should meet the ultimate punishment of death and then she got up and begged for her life um that she should not be given the death penalty which she does interviews before her trial saying like the one in inside edition pretty much saying like kill me i would rather death is the ultimate freedom like just yeah. kill me if i had to sit 
like choose to either stay here or die. I would rather die. Yeah, but then when it came down to it, she wasn't as brave as she said she was. No, and then they, they had a trial for her to basically plead. They had, Okay, so they had victim impact statements from three of Travis's sisters where they basically said, kill this bitch. We hate her. She's yeah. ruined our family. She brutally killed our brother in a nutshell. And then, this is the best part, Jody is able to tell the panel why she shouldn't die. So then this bitch starts spewing off shit like, I'm going to start a recycling program in the jail. And I'm if I die, I won't, con- I won't be able to continue to donate my hair to cancer, to make wigs. And the person that's interviewing her was like, don't you think this is all a bit trivial? Like, in com- if, you know, to look... Comparison to what you did to someone else? Yeah. Like, recycling? Yeah, this is later. But anyway, I mean, they're going over the video of her saying that. And because right after she did this, she did an interview, right? So also she said that she was... Um, what else? She was going to teach Spanish lessons and that she just all this stuff that stuff she could do in jail that could help other people and it's like okay but you're missing the point that you brutally savagely horrifically murdered somebody premeditatedly yes like very like very, very much very, so. and like, took photos of it yeah that's like the one thing where there's that evil twist there where it's like she could act like a victim but at the same time there's no excuse to go to that total extreme you could have just fucking blocked his number and stopped sneaking him. through his doggy yeah. door and <laughs> stopped sleeping with him yeah so on the 22nd, the jurors told the judge that they were unable to reach a unanimous verdict on whether Jody should be sentenced to life or death. And the judge was like, nope, get back in there. You have five more hours. Go and pretty much make a decision because yeah. I'm not allowing that. So jurors deliberated for about an hour more that day for before adjourning. And then on May 23rd, they resumed deliberations. And they still could not agree whether to sentence her to life in prison or execution. So after 13 hours of deliberation over three days, the panel gives up and a mistrial in the penalty phase is declared. Oh. So another, like, another thing that happens that's uh, unprecedented, really. So because of that, Jody, uh, I think you would just be declared no death penalty if there's a mistrial in because they've already found her guilty she's guilty yeah it was in the the f- different phase man yeah <laughs> oh mom just turned into a stone surfer <laughs> but yeah i think that because she obviously was already sentenced then she was she wasn't sentenced no no i mean she not sentenced. she sentencing. was waiting for her sentencing and they wanted to kill her but she didn't want to but i feel like if there's a mistrial in that that automatically means that maybe the death penalty should be taken off the table. That's what I think. I don't know. Well, we just we just found the information that in um, 2015 is when she was actually sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So I'm assuming they probably went over that again. Yeah, for sure. And then took the death penalty off the table. She did a couple interviews after. And again, these people were like, you know, what you said was pretty trivial, like teaching Spanish, starting a recycling program, just in comparison to what you've done. And the the interviewer was asking her the questions with quite an attitude because she's like, you know, the guy was like, pretty much, fuck you. You're a brute, like a murderer. And she says, I didn't know you were such a hater. I would be doing this interview. 
<laughs> but it's like he said to her, do you know, do you think you're the most hated woman in America? And she's like, no, she really she said she didn't want to have to paint Travis like that, but she needed to tell the truth. She was under oath. And just because she lied once doesn't mean she's still lying. And he attacked her and she had no choice, which I think just if you just didn't stab him fucking 30 times and sh- again, just the but then, overkill. But then the just... thing is, is that, I mean, we all kind of know someone in a different circumstance that has borderline personality and can never, ever see their fault and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are obviously in much downplay. Yeah. Fucking... I mean, not with murdering people, but I mean, don't you guys all have that one person in your lives that you can have an argument with that will never, ever admit yeah. their part in it? Mm-hmm. This is just to a greater level. Like, she's actually justified within her own head the shit she did. Well, and also when you have a defense team that is going to b- help build and see, it's probably feeding into your ego a bit to be like, see, yeah, this could be believable. Like, yeah. I was defending myself. Because really, I think that the only option that someone would see as a defense team would say, did he do this to you? Did he do this to you? And if the fact that she had recordings of him saying he's gonna fuck her in her in the ass and he's gonna and apparently he looked at child pornography and all this stuff you know it's like well and i mean this it's granted the stuff that he was doing i mean he was a human being and he did not deserve to lose his life no but the stuff that he was doing really led up to them being able to use as a use that as a defense yeah it was a little bit of gaslighting going on quite a bit of uh, there was some emotional abuse like the experts said and i think everyone in their first because he was that was the first person i think that he was probably sexual with in that way almost part of him probably didn't respect her and thought all these things of her like you're just some dirty slut that lets me she said he called me a slut he called me a whore he called me all these names well and he had told his friends that he did not like at first when they first got together he spoke of marrying her and she got baptized and all this and then once he started having sex with her he changed his tune and he was telling his good friend no i'm going to find a wife that's pure and a virgin which guys can fuck themselves really when they think that because you're the one that's you're the one that's making her unpure if anything yeah. You know, like, obviously not in this case, as no no excuse oh, to I don't even get do that, that but... whole thing, but it's something that's existed throughout time. Well, I, I think it's Slut a... Pro- shaming. It's, it's a projection of self-shame, you know? Because if, if a man feels like that about someone, like, I don't know. That's just... How come a man can't... A girl can't sleep with all these people and she can't be not labeled shaming. a slut, right? But a guy is like, ooh, you're player like woo, get it you know it's like it's just i don't understand <laughs> woo, that get it. you know like there's no there's and the moment i say i'm gonna get it there's people that just like oh god down, right like, like another one you dinner? know yeah <laughs> i don't know i feel like you just i do what i want yeah no judgment there's no place for judgment except if you brutally murder your boyfriend and premeditatedly but that's why if you have, like, six boyfriends, you wouldn't concentrate yeah, on you murder, one yeah. enough to want to kill them. No. So that's it's the fine. moral. The, the PSA for this episode is have multiple boyfriends. Yeah. So, Don't concentrate yeah. on one. There you go. Just kidding. Just kidding, everybody. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, yeah, so where's Jody nowadays? She's in prison, obviously. Yeah, so because, okay, since she was found guilty in 2013, she's been moved. She was sentenced in 2015. Yes, but in 2013, she was in jail ever since then because she was sentenced. Yeah. But she 
has been moved multiple times. But as of 2020, she was uh, in Perryville Prison, which is in Goodyear, Arizona. Which, you know, it's good that they kept her in Arizona. Because then it kind of helps her feel like, I shouldn't She's have fucking ever Travis. come to Arizona. No, fuck <laughs> her being close to Travis. Just kidding. But, you know, like, I feel that she she needs to really take a long, hard look in the mirror. There was this thing I saw, I guess, this artist, like a rapper, did, like, a music video. It's like a music. It's pretty much a song about what happened. And so he was talking to her in prison, and there's, like, recorded phone calls. And she's like, fuck the haters. Like, she's like, she, yeah, she's very, oh, she also, notably, she won a singing competition oh, for yeah, singing, yeah, like, yeah. was it Holy Night? Yes, in yeah, jail. in jail. So she won the, like, almost, like, jail idol or whatever, the jailhouse idol or whatever it was. Well, she's an attention-seeking person. One of her cellmates said that she's, like, a complete narcissist, yeah. which, okay, I could have... I could have told you that, and I'm not her jail cell mate, so she obviously had some some shit going on, and and she's accepting visitors. If anyone would like to go visit, yes, her as other well. people she's... have googled that, so yeah. maybe just fucking. Yeah, this case was a trip and a half. Like you can see how it occurred, and the only thing you can't see is how far it snapped. Like that was. That was the part that was the most shocking. Yeah, and then everything, because this is, like, the first time they've, like, okay, who, when has there ever been a recording of someone's, like, sex tape being played in court? You know, it was kind of like the jury was, or the, not even just the jury, witnesses, people in the gallows, pe everybody was... Gasping. Yeah. <gasps> oh, they know. They were instructed they weren't allowed. Oh. They weren't allowed to gasp because they didn't want to, you know... Influence the, the jury. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of firsts in this case and a lot of, uh, a lot of evidence. So they had no shortage of physical evidence. Um, the fact that she was a photographer and took photos of the last moments before she murdered somebody and then after while engaged in sex acts with them, I think that was probably something that was like, holy shit, like, what are we even seeing? Is this real? You couldn't even write this shit in a fucking twisted movie. No, it's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I was really surprised by when we were doing the research what we actually found out and the stuff that I didn't know I mean I knew a lot because again this was one of the most sensationalized cases and it was very 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 Reported covered yeah. yeah like everywhere you look there's a lot of stuff and again she did a million interviews so I think once she I mean, she's, like, forgotten about now, you know? I don't think... And I think that's probably the biggest punishment that you can give somebody like this is almost acting like people forgot about her. I think my prediction about the whole thing is that she'll pop up every once in a while for something with attention-seeking behavior, whether it's maybe a jailhouse wedding or writing a letter to someone or an interview for the anniversary of the murderer or she's definitely maybe that's her, one of her wigs. yeah one of her wigs she makes her donates her hair to cancer imagine finding out your kid was wearing a jody arias wig oh god oh my goodness anyway that's that's my take on it. I don't know what you think, but I think she'll just keep kind of trying to stir the pot and try yeah. to get attention. That's how that's how she rolls. Well, you stay true to yourself, yeah. you know? Like that's pretty much the kind of person she is, and I think you're right by saying that she's going to pop up sooner than later and I mean, I don't know. It's crazy we we always talk about this too, how people will write people like that and they'll 
they'll start relationships or you know there's people out there well, that she's have attractive she is but it's like to be to choose to be someone like this is partner when you look at what they've done to their previous partner it just it blows it's mind my mind. bending for yeah, sure yeah but that was episode 18 uh part two of the murder of travis alexander and thank you guys for listening we hope you guys stay strong and stick through these restrictions hopefully they don't last past may long weekend and everyone that is in different areas if we have listeners uh in the states or in different countries i mean i think everyone's country is kind of going through this pandemic a little differently uh canada is known for being pretty passive and we have all these restrictions which the united states has never really had like they've kind of enforced them once in a while when things get right out of hand but everyone from the united states has been allowed to travel throughout borders and everything else we've basically just been completely closed down for quite a while i mean you can take flights here and there but when you come back into canada you have to quarantine for two thousand dollars in a in a hotel and get all these tests and it's actually really weird. It is. It's just a weird time. But again, the, the countries, and I don't agree totally with everything that's going on, obviously. I don't agree. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of, like, a lack of information, which is almost, I don't, I don't like to think of our government trying to scare us on purpose, but obviously it's kind of hard to come to any other conclusion when, again, we're given numbers of all these deaths or all these cases or all these, Every you know. Every day we're fed with this info. Yeah, and we're not actually given any other information about it. It's just, you know, this is how many people are dying. This is how many people are sick. Stay home. And that's kind of all we're told. It is weird, but I mean, I'm a pretty, I mean, I'm not going to drive myself crazy by thinking like, okay, the government's doing this on purpose, but kind of have to think like, when is when is too much like when is which team are you on in the hunger game yeah <laughs> are you fighting for your district or that's yeah. like um the what's that show you like to watch oh my god there and it comes out tomorrow yeah I'm so and excited. i'm like, I'm gonna go home and watch it, it on crave the handmaid's the tale. handmaid's tale is gonna be i was thinking today the that's handmaid's what's tale on. is gonna be a little scarier now because remember when it first came out and we're like Oh my God, that could never happen, blah, blah, blah. And now it's like so happy. Well, side note, Handmaid's Tale is about like a post-apocalyptic, basically like not uh. even apocalyptic. It's like the oh, the government overthrew, was overthrown in the States with like this government that pretty much like rapes people and yeah. takes your kids away and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, it's getting more and more. Oh, we're not going to cause hysteria. But it is crazy to think that like, you know, two years ago, we would have never thought we'd be never. here. Never! Can you imagine? Two no, years ago, no. if someone would have told us we're gonna all that we were going and... to be in our recording studio during a pandemic, <laughs> recording Murder with My Mother. Because we're in a global pandemic. Because we're in a global pandemic. No, I wouldn't have believed. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know if we were really here. No, maybe we aren't. Maybe we're sleeping. Maybe. Maybe, we, maybe those mushrooms we did in the soyuz <laughs> in the summer were still fucking on the raft in the soyuz. Well, that was our self-care for our yeah. pandemic, for pandemic <laughs> summer, so... Mushrooms yeah. with my mother. There you go. <laughs> we should have done an episode. podcast. Yeah. Oh my god, could you imagine? Write in if you want us to do some mushrooms and do a <laughs> podcast. 
Just kidding. We yeah. don't really do mushrooms. But JK. anyway. JK. Uh, thanks again for coming back and listening. Hopefully yes. it's not your last time. Hopefully and... not. No. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that's the second part of yeah of a pretty fucked up case so obviously we know you guys like to hear details of murder and you know this case kind of there's a lot of fucking details of murder in this case so yeah so So we'll be back in two more weeks when it will be my turn to choose a case yep and it will be may your favorite month my favorite expensive month where everybody i know has a birthday yeah well it is mother's day too so you get a nice little treat fair enough little treat on Mother's Day. This might... Maybe we'll even land on Murder with My Mother. Well, no. I mean, we'll record on Mother's Day, maybe. No, I won't do that, too. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But you guys stay safe. Stay positive. Wash your hands. Don't pick your nose. And if you do, wash your hands right after. And give, give us a... Drop us a little line, a little message. Let us know what you're thinking. Reach out to us if you need someone to talk to. Yeah, we're always here. And we will talk to you later. This has been Murder With My Mother. So next time, fucking join <laughs> us for more murder with my mother. <laughs> like, like we haven't done 18 ramble, episodes ramble, of this, right? Ramble, ramble, ramble. Bye, guys. Bye.